0: The text this evening is found in Matthew's Gospel, the 24th chapter, and I will read verses 42 through 44. Matthew, chapter 24, verses 42 through 44. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. The message of this short parable is that we need to be living In expectation of our Lord's return. Of these three verses, Beacon's commentary says this, to be ready at every moment for the return of Christ is the first responsibility of every Christian. In this short parable, the Lord likens the suddenness of his return to that of a thief in the night, an event that is unexpected. So we are to then expect the unexpected. Chapters 24 and 25 of Matthew, along with chapter 13 of Mark, and the 21st chapter of Luke's gospel records what we call the Olivet Discourse, This is an extended teaching on the end times by our Lord given on the Mount of Olives just after he and his disciples had left the temple during the Passion Week. The disciples, perhaps due to a bit of nationalistic pride, wanted to show the Lord the temple complex. The beautiful white marble buildings of it, I'm sure to them, both were not only magnificent, but seemed indestructible. So you can imagine how the disciples would have felt when the Lord told them, after looking at it, seeing out all these things, Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. This would have been very shocking to them. And it caused the disciples then to ask the Lord in private, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So the Lord in the Olivet Discourse told the disciples the signs of the end times, and he used to illustrate what he was teaching them. And what you find in the discourse given at that time to God's uh, people really is for those that have been saved to understand that we do not live in a a sort of prelapsarian state where given the ability to live without sin, that we can be carefree. But the signs of the end times in that teaching tell us today that his return is imminent, or as he said in that teaching, even at the door. So we are to expect the unexpected. The end time events that the Lord shared with his disciple during the Olivet Discourse were prophecies of things that would happen, some of them in their lifetime, such as the destruction of the temple, and some of them are things that are happening in our lifetime. The pandemic or things that we are anticipating, such as the rapture of the church. And then there are other events that are to come after Christ's millennial reign and the final judgment. So just like the flood in Noah's day, we must be alert to the insidious enemy of our soul uh, who would divert our attention to lull us into a, a false sense of security, get us to believe that we have plenty of time and in doing so, rather than be found watching, to uh, be found sleeping. Peter wrote in Second Peter 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? They want to get us to believe that the Bible is not true, that it is something just done to control people and get them to believe in things that were conjured up long ago. And they evidence it by saying that the Lord hasn't come. Why hasn't this happened? Well, since the Father's have fallen asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But then he goes on to say, for this they are willingly ignorant of that by the word of God that the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. They're forgetting that God had determined in Noah's time to destroy the world. But Noah built an ark to the saving of his family. So just like Noah and his family, we want to be ready. About five years ago, Brother Harlan Lee and I made a trip to Romania. Both of us, we like to get to the airport early, so we're not, first of all, stressed. But secondly, when it comes to air travel, I expect the unexpected, so I like to have extra time. And we did this, and we had a lot of time, maybe over an hour until we were supposed to board. And so we got to our gate, checked on things, and we had decided maybe to go get some coffee. And as we were heading down uh, the corridor there, uh, the PA announced that passengers for our flight were to go to the gate immediately for boarding. So we did that. We later found out that they had decided to try to get that plane away as quick as they could because of an expected storm at the destination. So they boarded us and got us away forty-five minutes or so before the the time that they had initially set. Uh, we didn't beat the storm. It took three attempts to land that plane in it. But we were thankful that we had taken the time to be prepared early to have everything done ahead of time, have that extra time because the call was given at an unexpected time and there were obviously those that did not make that flight. They were left behind. So we have to realize that when it comes to serving God that we have to live in a constant state of readiness to make sure that at all times we're prepared for the Lord's imminent return. In the parable in the text, the Lord made an obvious statement. If the owner of that house had known what time or what watch the thief would try to break in, he would have been there. He would have been watching, and he would have stopped the break-in before it even started. Houses at that time were constructed of a mud brick. Uh, The roofs were a clay tile. And so uh, a thief would find the most concealed side of the house, and there dig a hole through the wall, or maybe climb up the low side of the house and take off some tiles and go in that way. Well, it said the good man or the homeowner in this parable, if he had known in what watch? Well, a watch is a a three-hour period, so he didn't know the moment, but if he would have known what watch, what do you think he would have done? He would have certainly been out there ahead of time. He would have perhaps put himself at an angle where he could see the two most vulnerable sides of his house and set up a watch, perhaps even involved others. Uh, He wouldn't have decided to get some extra sleep or having prepared... Uh, begin to visit with a neighbor or a friend. Do you think if that watch got over, he would think, well, that's, that's it. The three hours are up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it quits now. No, as long as that uh, danger uh, was there, I guarantee you he would stay there and continue to watch. Well, he he would understand that a a thief's principal weapon is the element of surprise. The Apostle Paul made this point to the church in Thessalonica. In chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, he said, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. A burglar or a thief does not advertise when they want to break in. No, they actually would take the time to, to case or observe the place, perhaps find a time when they think the occupant of that house is not going to be home or has something that's going to occupy or distract them. And to that end, some people can even make themselves somewhat an easy target, become predictable or careless or seemingly unconcerned with what uh, could happen. Whereas others, if they're concerned, what do they do? Well, today they go out and they buy the best locks for their doors and windows. They get a good... Uh, alarm system, uh, perhaps they add some exterior uh, lighting that's motion detected. Uh, they may even join a neighborhood patrol. Well, why would they do that? They would do that because, first of all, they expect the unexpected. Uh, they uh, understand that uh, there's a vulnerability there. They may even buy a safe or a vault to protect those things that are valuable and we need to learn uh, from that in, in our attitude and what we do in our conduct as Christians understanding that the Lord could come at any time. It works the same in that sense then as it did in Noah's day. In that day, it says they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving, giving in marriage. Noah was preaching and warning Uh, these people, but they were occupied uh, with the cares of life. It takes a a purpose and a determination to not allow the the cares of life uh, to begin to distract us from attendance to God's word, attendance to God's house, and attendance to those spiritual things that we know that God would have us to do. We want to continue to serve him effectively to the church of Sardis in Revelation chapter three. The Lord said, remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard referring to the word of God and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Here's the secret. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. We want to make sure that we're a full overcomer, that we have a testimony of victory, and that we have the right spiritual garments on. Here we see, even to the church of Sardis, that for those that were not ready the lord was going to come like a thief uh, in the night revelation 16:15 says behold i come as a thief blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments we want to keep our testimony up to date lest he walk naked and they see his shame uh, the garments of salvation can be seen. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Our personal testimony is the substance and the fabric of those garments. And they can be seen. I know from my own personal experience, I could look on those when God was dealing with my heart, and I could see that they had something that helped them to live a life. A life when the Lord was dealing with me that really I envied. They had something that I did not have, that I could not have, outside of repenting and giving my heart and my life to the Lord. And whether really we think they notice or not, they do. People out there, as we live a life that's pleasing to God, they envy that life. They see the, the contentment. They see the peace, the integrity, and the pur- purpose that you have as you serve the Lord. To walk naked would be someone that professes to be a Christian. But there's no substance to it. There's no covering for them. So ultimately, their shame is exposed. But as we keep our hand in the Lord's hand and we treasure the salvation and the good things that he's given us, why we'll never be ashamed? The apostle John wrote in first john two twenty eight Now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. We have on the true garments of salvation. we have confidence because our sins have been Washed away. We walk with the Lord. And again, you will not ever be ashamed of that. A thief doesn't just break into houses. I found that out working for a bank. I've seen robberies. I've seen forged checks. I've seen raised bills. I've seen counterfeit currency. A robber or a thief, what they want to do is to take advantage of you when your guard is down. Then they want to take from you something that is real and of value in exchange for nothing or of something of uh, that's fake or counterfeit. Well, that's what Satan wants to do. A Satan. Would like to rob us of our salvation. He would like to, in fact, get us to exchange it for something that's counterfeit. What he'd really like to do is then to get us to feel good about it and think that we're we're still okay. Well, they do this, well, Satan and robbers by distracting, appealing to your pride. That's the way it works. They come in and they come up to the teller window and they say, wow, that's a really nice looking tie. Where'd you get that? They might say, I heard this was the, the best branch of uh, this institution and you're the finest employee here. And then the compliments starting start coming. Well, we trained our staff to be aware of that, to watch and be alert to those tactics. Paul reminded us of the same in 2 Corinthians 2:11. He said, "Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices." You know, they always operated that way, and. And Satan really never changes his tactics. They just work really good. He'll appeal to pride and then slowly begin the process of trying to take from us the good thing that God has given us. So our Savior here repeatedly emphasized the need throughout the Olivet Discourse for us to be in constant readiness. And that readiness should cause us to be on the alert for anything that would be a hindrance to us as we serve God. We want to protect the most priceless and wonderful thing that God has given us, something that cost him his own son. We want to safeguard That treasure that is placed in our heart, our testimony, the experiences that we've received, the privilege that we have to serve, to be able to be in God's house, to have opportunities to pray and draw close to the Lord. Because the Lord is coming at any time. Like a thief in the night. So we're on the cusp of an event that for those left behind will be uh, horrible, terrible. The shock, they will be literally left without spirit. Do you know the, the time that a, a bank robber or a Somebody passing a forged check or somebody passing counterfeit currency likes to strike at they like to do it just before the bank closes they know the staff at that time is is busy trying to finish up the day's work to get out they know they're more likely to not follow all their procedures Rather than being focused on the transaction, they're already focused on what they're going to do after work. So that's when they they like to come in. Well, I believe very soon it's going to be closing time for the church. We have to be ready. Now is not a, a time that that we would want to let down our guard. No, uh, in fact, during that time, we would try to uh, really encourage the tellers when they come in, especially towards the end of the day, make sure that you have your procedure list out there and follow those procedures. Because every time when uh, we would accept, or one of them would accept a, a forged check or counterfeit currency, we could go back to the transaction and, and realize they, they took that one of the last transactions and, and we could go down the list and show them they, you didn't follow procedures. Well, the same for us. We want to be following the word of God. It's not a time to, to take parts of it and why, and to think they're not so important. No, just the opposite. If we know that Uh, attendance is important, and more so as we see the day approaching. What day is that? That's the return of the Lord. We want to follow God's word. We want to make sure that we're applying all of that word to our heart so that we have assurance that we're ready. And the best place to have that assurance is by coming to an altar of prayer. So very thankful that each time that we Come before the Lord, that the Lord will help us to examine our life. Just like maybe a house that has been prepared and maybe has the stickers on it showing that that it's covered. Why, the Spirit of God can let your heart know that you're ready. And then we need to keep living and expecting. It could be this very night. Let's make sure we're ready. The Psalms 765, the altars of prayer are open.